This is Madeline. And this is Cammie. And you're listening to the Communities That Convert podcast. Episode number 15. We're going to rock your community in this episode. Oh, yeah. Welcome to the Communities That Convert podcast with Madeline Sklar and Cammie Hoiza. In this podcast, you will learn how to build a tribe of raving fans. You will hear tips, ideas, and advice you can use right now on how to grow your own community and provide value that inspires them to take action. Are you ready to get started? In our last episode, number 14, we talked about platforms to host your content. A platform is great, but creating your content is a little more challenging. Today, we're going to dive into seven types of content that you can use to build a community that keeps coming back for more. Yeah, so let's look at these seven types of content. There are really good. We're going to walk through them step by step. Let's start off with number one, webinars. I love webinars, Cami. This is such a great way to deliver your content. It's easy. It's simple. The only thing is, it seems like everybody's been doing it, right? Doesn't it seem like it's gotten a little oversaturated with webinars. I try to come up with ways to make mine stand out because I just, I don't want to be like everybody else, but I will say webinars are great. It's a simple, simple way to go. Highly recommend it. Yeah. I know that people like Amy Porterfield have used webinars to really like build her own really live trainings to build her entire business. And she's done some really amazing things using webinars. And certainly there's a lot of people out there right now that will tell you how to build your webinars and when to build your webinars and what to do with your webinars. But what I do think is great is that it does allow people to sign up for something and then watch something on their own time, or, um, you know, kind of get that information that they need as they need it. So I do think that webinars are great. And they need to have a little bit more content, though, than I think some of them are having these days. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. That's why I say try to be different because it seems like everybody's doing a webinar. They're boring. They're plain. It's a a typical, here's information. And then at the end, buy my product. What can you do to be a little bit different from what's become a standard? There are no rules. You make the rules. So what can you do to really stand out with your webinar? That's how I look at it. Right. And what I would do, honestly, is take a look into your particular niche on the internet or niche. I know I I get in trouble for saying it wrong. So whichever one you call it, you need to look into your area and look at about five of your, what I call competitors, even if you don't see yourself as a competitor to them, but maybe they're doing similar things and study what they're doing, not to copy it, but to find a place that you can be different, you know, that you can stand out amongst the others. And so you want to see where there are gaps and fill those gaps. And we've talked about gaps before. So this is not going to be something new to some of you who've been listening to us the whole time. Filling those gaps is so important because that's going to be where you can shine. Definitely. And let's look at pre-recorded video. And you can do these with or without slides. I like to record videos. I think this is a great way to put together a how-to. You can do it with a PowerPoint with the slides. I like to just talk. I like to just Do I use Camtasia and I show my screen and I will walk people through how to do something. I record it and then I go post it on social media. And that's worked out really well for me, especially on Facebook. Because as you know, Kami, Facebook loves it when we upload a video so it's native to the platform 
rather than just posting a link to our YouTube, right? So that's something that I like to do is create a how-to video explaining how to do something. I use Camtasia and then I put it natively into Facebook. Yeah, no, I think that's great. And I also think that what you did um, recently, you have a new little course that you've kind of put together a mini course, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Mm -hmm. But that included just pre-recording some video and putting it together with some content. Well, that's what's great about these little videos is that especially making them short. Okay. So that's one of the things I would recommend is not making them too, too long, you know, no more than, you know, a minute to five minutes long with these little pre-recorded videos. And especially if you have some slides with them, it can be very great to attract people to your community or to your content. And then from there, you can go deeper. Absolutely. And you can even use something like lead pages to collect email addresses to get access to these little videos. That would be a great way to, I mean, there's a couple of ways. You can just post it on social media, which is great. That's great to build up authority, get seen as an expert, as an industry leader. But if you want to use this in a way to collect email addresses, just like my mini class we're getting ready to talk about, you can actually create some little videos pre-recorded with or without the slides. And because with slides, you can just do a PowerPoint presentation. I've been doing lots of PowerPoint presentations lately. And actually what I'm doing, Cami, is I'm taking those presentations and I'm turning them into courses. And we'll talk a little bit more about courses in a moment. But there are so many ways you can use video. I could pre-record it for a course, but take a snippet of it and go put that out on social media. Right. And for people who really are nervous about video, especially putting your face in front of a video, Slides are really a good way to go with your voice narrating over the top. I do think that people should show their face and personality, but if it's something that really just is keeping you from getting it done, it's better to put it out there as a slide um, narrated video than not to do it at all. I agree. And one cool feature with Camtasia I do want to mention is that when you're using it to record your screen, so you could do a PowerPoint and narrate and it will share your, you know, copy your screen, you can actually have your video up in the corner. Like you've seen those videos where you're watching a how-to, they're on a browser, on a website, and they're showing you how to do something, but you see the person like in the corner so you can watch them as they're walking you through it. I love that. And and the great thing about this, Cami, is that it's a small piece of you on video. So it's not like you're on screen really big and all eyes are on you talking. You are just walking through with the main part being your browser they're looking at. Like, so for example, I might be showing you how how to do, I have one on how to do a Twitter poll. So the video is primarily you seeing the screen of the Twitter poll, but in the corner, you actually see me as I'm walking you through it. So that's a cool option as well. Right. They call it video in video for those of you who are technophiles out there. (laughs) Um, Another one that we can do, which we were talking about just a second ago, is these mini classes. So I know that you've just recently finished one, but what I and I actually just went through one that was done by Todd Brown that was really compelling, where he wasn't really selling anything at that time. He had had gotten some information from Agora Financial, which is this very well known marketing company in Washington, D.C. And he'd gone into Agora and done like a day in the life of Agora and gotten all the secrets of Agora. And every day he had these um, very small mini class videos with a lot of text around them. So he would send you an email, you'd go and read that and look at those videos and read that text for that day. 
And it was all done very story style, which I thought was really cool. It was a mini class that just was so compelling. And at the end, he'd say, and then you can't imagine what happened next or what I learned next. And you just were like, I'm waiting for your email tomorrow to find out what's next. It was really <laughs> compelling. It was super compelling. So I like these kind of mini classes that you can do. And I, and I know you just finished one too for your secret sauce, right? Yeah. And you know, it's great because like what you're talking about where you can like drip out the content or you just put it out all at once. So I have what I call my Twitter secret sauce. And this is something I've been promoting for years. You know, Cammie, this actually dates back to a presentation I did at uh, Houston Social Media Day like three years ago. And I had this slide, I called it my Twitter secret sauce, and they're just bullet points. And for the last couple of years, as I've been sharing this, people have been asking for more, like share more about me. You know, they want more than bullet points. So I created a mini class and I call it my secret sauce to boosting your Twitter presence. And what I did is I just created these little videos, just walking you through each of the six bullet points. And I have it so that people can just watch them all at once. Although I did think about, hmm, should I drip out the content to lead give them time to work on each one and then get them interested in wanting more. So you have a lot of flexibility with this. That's what's so great about it. And did you put this mini class on Thinkific? We were talking about that in the last episode, different platforms. I did. I love Thinkific. So I did. I put it up in there and this is a free mini class. So just like what we talked about with Thinkific, how you could do free, you can make it paid. I wanted this to be a free little mini course as a lead magnet to get people interested in who I am. This is really for people that don't know me very well, or maybe they've seen me on Twitter. They don't know much about my teaching style. So it's a way to get them in. They can see who I am, what I do. So we get that no like, and trust factor in. They see my style of teaching and I'm collecting their email address in the process. So it's a win-win across the board. And at the very end, in a very non-smarmy way, I will say, I just ha I mentioned that, by the way, I have a few other courses available. So I don't make it really big in their face. I don't put big JPEG images up. I just plain text and I say, I do have these other courses because of course I would like for them to sign up for some of my paid courses, but really this is about sharing information. Yeah. And another way that we can do that, which I do every month at least, is um, live video, putting out live video courses or trainings. I definitely do that with the social media breakfast every month. We have a speaker and we live stream that across several different platforms. We talked about that in the last episode. And that live video can then be downloaded. I do record it and then I can make it into little bits or pieces or I, I have a blog post for sure about each one and I'll embed the entire the entire presentation so people can go watch it if they'd like. But it does help me create a lot of content very quickly with live video. I love live video. I think live streaming is one of the smartest things you can do. And you've got the ability to do this on Facebook, on Twitter, on YouTube. We got Instagram live. There's so much out there for us. If you've not ventured out into live video, I say, start experimenting, start playing with this, get used to this style of sharing content because we are seeing the numbers, Cami. the numbers are staggering as to the percentage of people watching video. I'm doing some research on this for Twitter right now. And is 90% of people using Twitter on mobile are watching videos. Isn't that amazing? It is. It's really amazing. Cause I, I thought that would never happen because just the amount of time it takes to watch video, but 
video is becoming just the way that people are consuming content. And I know some coaches and trainers, they get on to Facebook every morning or onto Periscope or even you know YouTube Live sometimes. And they deliver some little nuggets of wisdom or some little piece of training every single day. You know, so people are coming and doing that. You don't have to do that. That seems a bit like for me, that's a bit much for my schedule. But certainly if you start to have regular times that you come on and you deliver live video, kind of like after your Twitter chats, which we talked about too last week, those become really amazing moments for your community to connect with you and know that you're going to be there. So it's kind of like programming on television, right? They know when they can tune in. Exactly. Because I like doing those regularly after my chats. But also from time to time, I just get on Facebook and I'll just start a live video and I'll just hit the button and just start talking. I'll usually come up with a topic and start sharing information. But the beauty is as your Facebook friends start coming in, and this is the same thing on Twitter if you're doing Periscope, but as people come in, they start conversing with you and that can change the whole dynamic of the conversation where maybe they're giving you input of things or you're asking them questions and basically taking a poll and getting information from them. So there's so much you can do with live video is such a great way to deliver content. There are no rules. <laughs> you make the rules. That's what I love about it. You're the rule maker. You are in charge. And then that brings me to challenges, which is another interesting way to get your community really engaged. So if you're having trouble in your community with engagement, a challenge might be exactly what you need. For one reason is because it will bring people into your community. It's a great way to build a community, challenges are. And number two, it's a great way to revitalize a community once it's gone a little bit quiet. That can happen from time to time. So that's one. This is a great way. So have you been a part of a challenge that was really inspiring to you? And could you talk a little bit about challenges? I have. I've taken challenges mostly just to see how other people are doing it to give me ideas. But they are fun to take part of or take part in. Uh, Pat Flynn does lots of these. And one that I did was it was really popular last year, this big email challenge where basically you sign up and he gives you these challenges like, you know, day one, go out and get 10, you know, reach out to 10 people and ask them to sign for your mailing list. Like that simple. And each day he gives you something more like to go and do to challenge you to go for this one to increase your email list. So it's really interesting. I've seen a variety of them and I've thought about doing one myself related to Twitter marketing, something like getting people to go set up Twitter lists because so many people I talk to are not using Twitter lists. So it'd be fun to do a challenge to get people out doing it. And then also with live video, a lot of, you know, is what I do, Kimmy is like, I'm always polling people to find out what are their needs. And I'm finding that a lot of people are afraid to do live video. So another challenge I've thought about doing, and, and who knows, by the time this comes out, I'm probably already doing it. But a challenge would be to encourage people to do live video. So maybe day one is, you know, record a live video on like a Facebook live, but just have it for just your eyes only. No one else sees it. So at least you tried it. And then maybe day two, you do it and invite a couple of friends or, you know, to get you out of your shell, to like ease you into doing it. That's what these challenges are all about, to get you to do something, to step outside your boundaries, to try something new. And I think this is an excellent way to deliver your content that something that you're an expert in. Yeah. And to take action, which of course, we have a great love for people who take action. 
So the other thing that I have really loved and started to do myself is pilot or beta courses. And I've definitely done one of these with my Growth Hacks for Women group, coming up with a course that actually the community helps you to create, and then you create it for them. And you do it in a very controlled manner with a very a much smaller group of people, and then change it up and make it work for a larger group of people as you go along. So let me kind of back up and talk about pilot or beta courses a little bit in more in depth, because I think it's a really interesting concept if you can get it. So say you have a group of people that have similar interests, and you're really not sure what to teach them, right? You want to teach them an online course, and you know that you have an expertise in certain things, and you have some ideas about what people might like, but you're not really sure if it's going to be a thing that they would pay for or that they would like. So one of the real interesting techniques that's out there is that you can start to talk with your group and find out what they really need through polls or through calling them on the phone or anything, going straight through email. You don't have to do it all in the group. You can also do some discussion threads as well, but pulling those things together and then launching like a small pilot and saying, hey, who wants to join this? And I just actually joined one of these recently. This woman is a coach, but she's also a neuroscientist and she does a lot of mindset work. And she was wanting to work with us about our goal setting for 2018. And she came into a group that I'm a part of and said, hey, does anybody want to be in my beta or my private group? It's free for now, but you know, this is going to be my paid course. But what I want from you is I want you to take each one of these modules and then I want you to give me some feedback. And she's been asking us after each module to fill out some surveys. So that was the price. And of course, I'm on her list now too, right? So it was a really great way for her to build her list, build some interest, and also test out her modules on people and see what they liked and what they didn't like. Absolutely. Dory Clark, who was in episode number 13 of this podcast, talks about this in her new book about how she did a pilot class where it was limited as to how many people could sign up. It was at a reduced cost. And she did this as a way to get people taking the class and then giving her feedback. It was it was required to give feedback and help her build this to be the best course it could be. So now when you sign up, it's no longer in a pilot or beta class. It's now as a regular course that she teaches at a regular price. And she's gotten a ton of feedback. So she knows how to best put it out. And I love that. I think that's so smart. Because here's the thing. In the old days, what we did is we just would spend a great deal of time putting together a course or maybe writing a book or something where we spend a great deal of time. And we're putting out what we think everybody wants. And it turns out we launch it and nobody wants it. And that's not a good good feeling, right? You want to put out things that people want. And so collecting information from people is always a great way to go. But doing it as a pilot course is so smart because you're basically testing the waters. You're dipping your toes in to see, do people want this information? And I've heard stories where people learn so much from the students that they turn the whole thing around and it became something different. So you never know. Yeah, no, you don't. And I do think that it's important. I mean, you can do it, offer it for free, but also offering it for a very small price helps also to validate the idea. Are people willing to pay for the idea? That's really important. And then you can turn them into these, what is our seventh type of content, which is your flagship course. And after you've done some of these other ones, it doesn't have to be all of them, you know, webinars, pre-recorded video with, with or without slides, a mini class, live video, challenges, a pilot or a beta course, you've done something in that range and you have an idea of what people really want. 
then you can really hone in and deliver your flagship course. And what is a flagship course versus all these other things, Madeline? A flagship course is like the course. It's like, this is the one that you've built, that you've really mastered and are putting out the best content you possibly could to your community. So for instance, I have a course that I call my Twitter Smarter Masterclass. I've been teaching this course every year since 2013. So when I first started it, it felt more like a pilot or a beta beta course. It, it was It was still in development, but today I refer to it as my flagship course because this is my biggest course I teach. It's a four-week training course. It's my best information, my best content. So I view it as the course. So that's when people will look at it as your flagship course. That's great. And some people do these for three months and six months. And you know, there's some really long sort of almost college level classes that go on like that. I think about Marie Forleo's B-School and some others like that, that really are these very large courses. So your flagship doesn't have to be that. It doesn't have to go on forever, but it is the thing that defines what you're doing online. So I recommend that you don't start with your flagship course ever. You start with something else first because you will make changes. It just will happen. And you'll see that that's going to make your flagship course that much more exciting. And the people that came before and took your other kind of beta courses and other things, they're going to provide the testimonials to really get people over the hump of paying a little bit more for a more in-depth course. So especially if you're going to do courses. Now, I'm also going to say with content, this is also where you are having your big calls to action. I mean, not everybody's going to be delivering a course in the end of the day, but I do recommend that no matter what you're doing online, that you're delivering valuable content and you're delivering it to your people. So that kind of brings us to our first seven types of course materials and content materials that we wanted to go over. It isn't everything that's out there. And certainly we want to hear from you what your content is. Do we have a call to action about that, Madeline? We do. We want everybody here, the action takers, and we hope all of you that are listening will be action takers for us. We know you are. You are action takers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Tweet us at Madeline Sklar, at Cami Chat, or go visit us on Facebook. We have a Facebook page. Go search for Communities That Convert and tell us what kind of content you think you're going to try first. You might even go deep on one or more of these if there's enough interest. Like if you can get into more of these types of courses, try them out. Tell us what you think. We want to hear from you. So I'm really looking forward to hearing from all of you. But in the meanwhile, next week on our next episode, we are going to feature author and community builder, Kirsten Oliphant. She's going to share tips on building communities and how to sell to your community without being smarmy. She also talks about her brand new book, Creative collaborations. We look forward to seeing you then. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Take care, everybody. Bye. Hey, this is Madeline. And I want to let you know, you can connect with us on our website at communitiesthatconvert.com. You can get all the information in the show notes for this episode. And we also encourage you to visit us on our Twitter profiles. You can reach out to me at Madeline Sklar. That's spelled M-A-D-A-L-Y-N-S-K-L-A-R. And also to Cami. Her Twitter handle is at CamiChat. And that's spelled K-A-M-I-C-H-A-T. We look forward to hearing from you. Thanks 
for listening to the Communities That Convert podcast with Madeline Sklar and Cami Hoiza, where you learn how to build a tribe of raving fans. Stay in touch with Madeline and Cami through their website at communitiesthatconvert.com. Thank you.